Today is Sunday, September 2nd, and this is Celtics Beat on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio-video coverage of the Boston Celtics. I'm Adam Kaufman, and episode 278 featuring the Sporting News NBA writer Sean Devney is brought to you by RX Bar. My listeners get 25% off their first order by going to rxbar.com slash Celticsbeat. Show's also brought to you by Boston Barber. Every neighborhood has a heartbeat, a place that represents the cultural epicenter of the area at its core. In Boston's North End, that place is Boston Barber and Tattoo Company. Boston Barber and Tattoo Company has become home to A-list Boston celebrities like Gordon Hayward, Milan Lucic, Brad Marchand, Aaron Baines, and others. Boston Barber and Tattoo is more than just Boston's most well-known corner barber shop. It's also a tourist attraction for the hundreds of thousands of people that visit the North End throughout the year. Boston Barber and Tattoo, a North End landmark that represents the cultural epicenter of the area at its core, located at 113 Salem Street. All right, welcome in. I got good news. I've got bad news. The bad news first is summer is almost over. I know. Stinks. Kids going back to school, maybe a little more free time for you parents, but the nicer weather, it's only going to last so long, and eventually it's going to get dark earlier, all that crap. But the good news is it's September, and that means training camp and preseason action will be here later this month. Finally, basketball to look forward to, and the best news we could have possibly hoped for from Danny Ainge in a chat with ESPN's Chris Forsberg. The Celtics president of basketball operations said that Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward are healthy and ready to go. Here's specifically is what he said. I don't want to hype it up too much, but I'm saying if our training camp were starting today, they would be here today going full speed. It's not like they need an extra month. I think that they know they have an extra month, so they're sort of pacing themselves. They're playing as if to build up to that opening day of training camp, which, by the way, September 26th. So, again, it's a few weeks away. Ainge went on to say they'll both be here in the next week or so by the time Labor Day's over, which means basically now they'll be playing five-on-five. I think it's just a matter of time if they're not playing five-on-five now, and then only because they want more of a controlled environment, I guess. They're doing everything, dunking the basketball off of both legs, playing one-on-ones live, jumping cutting, defending. I'm excited for them. Well, you know what, Danny? I'm excited, too. I think everybody is excited. Hell, Terry Rozieri at his basketball camp last weekend. He knows that for this team favorites to win the Eastern Conference to reach the NBA Finals. Damn it, maybe win a championship. Expectations are high. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to try to predict nothing crazy, but, um, you know, we look good on paper. You, you see all the same team back from last year, then add the two main guys, two main pieces with a lot of guys that we added from this draft and, you know, we'd be signed. So, yeah, it was special. It's special. You know, it's special. And like I said, I don't want to talk too much about it. It's going to be special, special year. Well, I want to talk about it. I want to talk a lot about it. I want to hear from you guys. You can always find me on Twitter, at Adam M. Kaufman. You can pay close attention to whenever these guys have their appearances. Obviously, when the season gets going and you've got practice and games, pregame, postgame, coach speak, all that stuff, you should subscribe to the CLNS YouTube page because all of that stuff will be there. The content's terrific. Our video team, always out there. And on top of that, the show. It's all about the show. Subscribe to Celtics Beat on iTunes. Leave us a rating. Five stars, always appreciated. Leave us a comment. Tell me how great you think I am or 
at least how great you think the show is, really. That's more significant here. And uh, you can also get them on Twitter, on Stitcher. The shows are everywhere, and I throw them at you constantly. But again, subscribe. I appreciate it. Let's bring in Sean Devaney, covers the NBA for Sporting News, and of course has a particular interest in the Celtics, as I think we all do. So let's go right into it, Sean. I mean, healthy Irving, healthy Hayward, was talking about that before. What's it really mean, though, in terms of their expectations for this season, particularly the first half? Because I think that's the element of this conversation that we're not talking enough about. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, on paper, you step back and you look and, and, and you see the talent level and, and, and they should be an NBA Finals team. I, I think everybody would agree with that, especially uh, given what happened in the East uh, in the off season with LeBron leaving. And, uh, you know, this, this, this should be an NBA Finals team. Uh, but there's just so much to work out. When you start really looking at, uh, you know, the minutes and, and, and how you divide up uh, you know, 240 minutes uh, among these players, that's where you get into the, the, the tricky thing. And, and, and that's where I thought, uh, you know, a lot of folks thought uh, that there would be a move of some kind for the Celtics uh, here in the offseason, a, a trade to kind of uh, loosen some of the, uh, the, the log jam of minutes. Uh, that we're going to see. Uh, but, you know, obviously they're thinking, well, let's go into the season with this. And if we need to make changes during the year, that's something we can address. So, uh, yeah, I, I think you're right. The first half of the season and, and how all this comes together, how quickly it comes together, it's going to be a completely new team. Uh, and, uh, and, and they're going to have to iron out uh, some real issues in terms of uh, in terms of how those minutes are, are, are distributed, and they have to do it quickly. I think on the whole, that's all entirely fair. And in terms of the individual minutes, especially for those guys coming back from injuries, I mean, Hayward could be playing 20 minutes a game conceivably, depending on how everything's going off of that leg injury. It's all well and good that we hear he's completely healthy right now, but training camp hasn't started yet. Preseason games haven't begun, so we need to see him out there, same as the organization does. Irving, maybe he plays 25 as opposed to the 30 that he played last year because He's coming off of something, and that's really kind of where I want to zero in because it's it's these two guys that I think, you know, on paper you just look at them and say, great, Irving's back, Hayward's back, there's 40-plus mm-hmm. points per game in your lineup. Well, is that the case necessarily right out of the jump? I mean, second half of the year and come the postseason, sure, but immediately off the injuries, first action in quite a while, Irving hasn't played since last March, Hayward hasn't played since last October. What are these guys going to be when the season begins? Yeah, and and, and I, I think that that's where they can afford to, uh, uh, you know, work things slowly, uh, you know, maybe not play them in back-to-backs. Uh, they don't have a ton of back-to-backs uh, in the early part of the year, but you could certainly imagine Hayward, uh, you know, sitting out in, in, in the second half of a back-to-back and maybe the same with Kyrie as well. Um, and, and, and certainly letting some of those young guys get, uh, uh, get minutes in those, in those cases. Uh, but yeah, you know, I don't, I don't think you can immediately say Gordon Hayward is going to be Gordon Hayward, uh, after missing, uh, an entire season, uh, and still having to, you know, whenever you talk to a guy who's been injured that way, um, you know, with that kind of injury that, uh, uh, that just looks so terrible and, 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 and you can only imagine what it sounded like to him and, and all those things, uh, there's a fear element. And, 
and 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 you don't really trust your body uh, until you've played uh, uh, you know at least a month or so, uh, probably a little longer than that. Uh, we are just afraid that it's going to happen again, and, and that's just a human thing. And so you know, I think that that's going to be something to watch for uh, with with Gordon Hayward and, and and with Kyrie. You know, you just uh, the, the knee is something that you wouldn't blame him for not trusting. It's something that has let him down in the past. Uh, you know, the, the the procedure that he had. Uh, shouldn't be something that uh, that lasts into this year, uh, but but again, you know, it becomes sort of a uh, how much do I trust my body kind of thing. Uh, so I think that those two guys uh, certainly are going to be given some time uh, to, uh, to 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 get themselves reacclimated, and and that's where having the depth is going to pay off, and and maybe you can uh, work the minutes thing that way. But eventually, there's going to come a time where those guys are playing 30 plus minutes, and someone's going to have to sit. So obviously we both sit here and highlight the fact that, as you said, Gordon Hayward may not be Gordon Hayward right when the season begins for all the reasons you outlined. But mm. let's talk out of the other side of our mouths here for a second. Do you believe, because I do, that people are underrating or underselling Gordon Hayward's importance to this team and this roster? Because it really seems like, you know, having not seen him in a year, obviously, that people have forgotten how good he was that last year in Utah before he joined Boston and got hurt. And, and he's a guy, and, and this gets overlooked with him uh, uh, quite a bit uh, as well. He's a guy who got better every year of his career. For the first mm-hmm. seven years he was in the NBA, he got better every year. You'd be, yeah, be hard-pressed to find a guy uh, who improved for the first seven years of his career. Uh, he always found something to work on and something uh, to make himself better at, whether it's you know, three-point shooting, ball handling. Uh, on the defensive end, he's a much, much better player than when he first got into the league. Uh, so yeah, yeah, he, he's he's a guy who's really uh, worked to get better and better uh, as he's gone along, uh, and 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 there was no reason to think that that wouldn't be the case coming into Boston that he wouldn't be a guy who was uh, you know a twenty plus. Uh, point per game scorer and a guy who's going to shoot near 40% from the three point line. Uh, you know, that's, that's, that's such a, you know, you think about the team last year uh, and, and, and how they were let down at the three point line from time to time. Uh, if you, if you could imagine having Hayward in there and, and, and the number of open looks he would have gotten, surely he probably would have shot, uh, you know, well above, uh, uh, you know, 37, 38%, probably uh, into the forties. Uh, that that's a just that would have been such a big lift for that team in terms of how they played and 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 their ability to create open shots for guys. Uh, they just didn't have that many guys who were reliable at knocking those down. Uh, and and Hayward is a guy who can do that. So yeah, both for the system that they run uh, and for the fact that, like I say, Hayward has just gotten better every year in the league. There's every reason to believe that uh, that if he were out there, uh, that uh, that that they would have been uh, uh, the Eastern Conference champions. Well. And of course, the familiarity with Brad Stevens and the history they have. And as you yeah. said, that system, I mean, it's something that we were so excited about when he signed in the first place. It's like, all right, Butler now at the NBA level. Quick break from Adam and Sean to tell you today's show is brought to you by RX Bar. In 2013, the founders of RX Bar called BS on the protein bar industry. None of the protein bars in the market really gave you what you actually really need out of a protein bar. They were full of artificial ingredients, fillers, and preservatives that flat out aren't healthy for you. That's why RX bars are different. Each bar speaks for itself right on the front of the package. RX bars are made with egg whites, dates, nuts, fruits, unsweetened chocolate, you know, things that are actually good for you. And now they have a whole new line for your kids. Adam talks about this all the time. As a parent, you have to compromise when it comes to what your kids snack on. Those bars, the kids' ones, are a little bit smaller than the adult size ones. The texture a little bit softer. The nuts a little bit smaller. 
but each packs the same great punch as the adults ones. Use them as a snack for after school or make it a part of what's inside their lunchbox. I get like 40 or 50 of these shipped to me. They are, well, I love all of them. I still have a couple left. But the kids ones, I was all over the PB&J ones. They were excellent. Uh, but the adult size ones, anything with like fruit, nuts, and like berries in them, get those. Absolutely spectacular. What are you waiting for? Get yours today. Listeners to this show get a special offer. Just go to rxbar.com slash Celticsbeat. Use the promo code Celticsbeat to get a pack of six adult bars, four kids bars for 25% off. That's 25% off your first order. Go to rxbar.com slash Celticsbeat. Use the promo code Celticsbeat at checkout. Back to Adam and Sean. This is just one element of something that obviously when everyone's healthy and everyone comes back later this month for the start of camp that we're going to be looking at and talking about. What do you think are the biggest stories that we should be talking about come training camp for the Seas? Yeah, you know, I mean, I think it's it's going to be sacrifice, and 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 that's that's you know that's that's the thing that uh, uh, that I, I think in Boston we've seen it before, where where, where players have come and they sacrificed. Uh, you know, when you had Ray Allen and Paul Pierce and 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 Kevin Garnett, but of course the thing was those guys were veterans. They'd already done a lot and they wanted to win. Uh, you know, you've got guys now who are in their early twenties who are still trying to prove themselves. Uh, and, and it's a matter of whether they can sacrifice. And, and I think that that's going to be, uh, to me, that's going to be the big thing is, uh, you know, can Terry Rozier, uh, accept that and, and, and be somebody who sacrifices it because he still hasn't really established himself in the league. He still really hasn't shown that he can do, uh, what we saw in stretches last year consistently over 82 games uh you know same thing with the jason tatum or jalen brown so Mm -hmm. i think that's probably uh uh that's going to be the big thing is 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 can those young guys uh you know put their own into and it's tough to do with 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 the guy who like i said hasn't hasn't really established himself in the league uh hasn't been to an all-star game hasn't been uh you know an all-nba type player uh, that's 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 going to be the real uh, uh, the real challenge, and 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 whether those guys are uh, are willing to accept that. That word sacrifice. I mean, we've heard Rozier say it. Other guys say it. Members of this team as well. Brad Stevens may be behind the scenes. He's already preaching it. We don't know. We certainly know he will become the start of camp. But do you think there's going to be a bad apple in the bunch who's maybe more concerned with his minutes or his role, his next contract than Banner eighteen? Yeah, you know, I mean, I. I the thing about that, Adam, is is, is sometimes I, I wouldn't necessarily say it's a bad apple. You know, it's not it's not as though you know just because you want to be able to go out there and show what you can do, you haven't had the chance to do that. Uh, that doesn't necessarily make you a bad apple, and I think that's one of the things that they're going to run up against. Is uh, you know, like I say, if you're if you if you're 30 years old, if you're if you're 33, if you're 30, you know, if you're in your 30s, like 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 Pearson and Lynn Ray Allen and, and Garnett were, then you kind of get it. Uh, but at 23, it's tough to to, to understand that. Certainly at, at 20 or 21, it's even tougher because, you know, you just you, you don't know. You know, you don't know what you don't know yet. And that's sure. that, that's what that's what the challenge is going to be with these guys is, um, you know, they it, it's hard to understand sacrifice if you haven't been to a place where you've you, you've been as good as you can be. 
you know, where you know how good you can be. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's not necessarily a bad apple thing. It's just natural that a guy like Rozier or, or, or Tatum or Brown, they're going to still want to show, hey, look, this is how much better I can be. Uh, and, and that might be to the detriment of the team. Uh, it doesn't mean that they're trying to play for a contract or anything. It's just, it's just a natural thing that at that age, you want to show what you can do. Uh, and that's, that's something that is, is, is going to be tough to, uh, tough to tame and tough to keep under wraps. Like I say, in the early part of the year, I wouldn't be surprised to see, uh, you know, some strategic games off for, for Kyrie Irving mm-hmm. and, and Gordon Hayward, not just because you want to get them guys some rest, but just because you want to, uh, you know, you want to keep uh, Jalen Brown and, and, and Tatum and, and Roger. You want to keep those guys engaged, uh, and that's one way you can do that is giving them, uh, you know, days where they have 35 minutes and they know they don't have to worry about going to the bench. Well, and I think that's going to happen a lot, but you can't ignore, obviously, the financial component to this you know you talk about say Tatum and Brown those guys contractually don't have anything to worry about this specific season they're under contract and so they're not up for anything now maybe from a I don't know marketing or endorsement perspective of course it's great Mm -hmm. to go out there and shine we've already seen Brown traveling the globe and doing his thing and getting a whole lot of attention for it for good reasons an activist and very socially conscious we've seen Tatum you know in the in the now Nike commercial turning it back to the 90s and all of that so he's he's getting out there but as far as Rozier goes he's said he's saying the right things that he's comfortable taking what effectively is a major step back statistically in his role this year provided that has to happen meaning Irving's healthy and the minutes aren't going to be there the same way they were and smart still has to play the smart role if Irving plays 70 plus games you know building in maybe some time off for rest or injury or whatever else how much is that going to impact Rozier as an RFA next summer I mean how much if he's not traded sometime between now and when he becomes a free agent how much is is money going to be at stake for him if he's not doing what he did last year yeah I mean I I I think that that's certainly a concern um you know but it's it, it 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 if you're looking for a positive in, in terms of, of, of if you're Terry Rozier's agent, if you're Terry Rozier, and, uh, or even if you're the Celtics, uh, you know, I think that you can look ahead uh, and you can see a summer next year where you're going to have a lot of money available. Mm. Uh, so, you know, it was, it, was, it was a little cold out there for restricted free agents this past year. Some of them got taken care of uh, uh, pretty well. But, you know, it like wasn't Marcus Smart. Uh, uh, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Right. Eventually, right. And, anyway. and, 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 you know, Zach Levine and, yep. and, uh, uh, Aaron Gordon, uh, uh, you know, some of these guys mm-hmm. got better deals than I think most of us would have expected. But, uh, uh, but, but, but still, you know, you can see a guy like Rodney Hood and what he's dealing with. Um, but, you know, I, as, as far as being a restricted free agent next summer, I think you're in a pretty good position. Uh, and, and, and I think Terry, uh, what he's got to realize and, and, and what you hope that he realizes if you're the Celtics that, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's already forged a reputation among other teams so that if he goes out and he does his role and, and he plays w- what they ask him to play, he, he does the things that they ask him to do. Uh, other teams were watching the playoffs last year. They know what he can do. Uh, and other, other teams saw when, when, when Kyrie was out, what he, what, what he did, you know, triple double and things like that. Uh, so other teams are, you know, he, he's already got a bit of a reputation there. Uh, so if he plays less and, and doesn't put up the minutes, I still think that given his age, there's going to be teams out there uh, who are going to have money next summer who are going to be willing to pay him. Now, now, if 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 you're Terry Rozier, do you understand that? You know, you know, do you do do you know that that's going to be the case, or do you still feel like I want to prove more so I can get paid more? Uh, you know, that's going to be the tough thing with him. 
but certainly, uh, uh, you know, what, what, what he ought to understand is that he's already set himself up for a pretty good contract, whether it's in Boston, probably not. Uh, but, but, but if it's elsewhere, uh, you know, there's going to be teams that, uh, uh, that'll be very willing to sign. I believe he'll be 24, you know, 24 year old point guard who, who, who has done the things that we've seen him do. Well, Sean, as we know, nationally, nobody's talking about Terry Rozier and his financial future and where he's going to be playing a year from now. It's about Kyrie Irving. Everybody's fixated on that, which to me, honestly, kind of a waste of time since nothing's going to happen between now and when he's eligible for a new deal next summer. Unless, unless there's like a 1% chance of this, Danny Ainge gets spooked come the trade deadline, thinks, boy, I think there's a better chance of me losing him than re-signing him, and he decides to trade him so that he doesn't walk out the door for nothing. Maybe, just maybe, that's a possibility. But I think we'd agree highly unlikely. So everybody wants to discuss Kyrie, especially since Kyrie won't. Adrian Wojnarowski said on his podcast he believes it's Boston versus the field. I believe that as well. I've been saying it a while. I think you'd be hard-pressed to find someone who believes otherwise, except for, you know, some of the Knicks truthers that are out there. But where do you land on this whole situation? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think if they have the kind of year that, that, that we expect, uh, and if things go smoothly and, and, and if he's healthy, uh, then then I would expect him to sign a, a long-term. Look, the Celtics didn't make the deal for him last summer in order to lose him, uh, you know, two years later. So, uh, you know, I think you're going to get the, the, the full-court press from the Celtics. It's just a matter of whether Kyrie and, – and, and, and we know, Adam, Kyrie's a bit of an odd duck. You know, he, he's got his own drummer that he, that he marches to. So, uh, you, you know, it, it wouldn't be surprising to see him uh, necessarily, uh, you know, make a choice that, that, that nobody's expecting uh, at this point. Uh, but, uh, but certainly I think going into this year, uh, he's, he's highly likely to re-sign with the Celtics. Uh, it's just a matter of, of how things play out this year. And, and you know, talking about Rozier, that's, that's one of the reasons why uh, the Celtics still have him is I, I do think think that uh, they consider him a, an insurance policy yeah. uh, you know obviously if there was uh, uh, the right deal that that had come up in the last uh, month and a half and then then they might have moved Terry but I, I really do think they look at him as the insurance policy for for a Kyrie's knee and then B uh, for Kyrie like I say uh, making a surprising decision. Uh, you know, the fact that Terry's going to be restricted next year uh, gives the Celtics a little bit of a cushion. So if, if Kyrie does leave uh, on July 2nd, uh, the Celtics will still have some time to, uh, uh, to, 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 to make their offer to Terry Rogier or, or, or to match something uh, if he gets an offer from another team. On the whole here, Sean, if if we look at the Celtics since Brad Stevens' arrival, and I'm doing these numbers off the top of my head, so I, I think I'm right, but if I'm wrong, if you know, correct me, whatever. But the uh, the win totals under Stevens have gone from 25 to 40 to 48 to 53 to last year was, what, 57, I think it was, or maybe it was 55, mm-hmm. something like that. And now there there's... Two reasons for that. One, obviously, with each year, talent has increased on this team, and that's why most people think that this team is going to win 58, 60, whatever games this year. But the other reason, ever since Stevens got here, the culture with this team has been that routinely they're among the hardest working in the league. They don't have to be this year, though. They don't have to push. They're going to have those rest nights that we talked about, the nights off, minutes restrictions, whatever it may be. I can't help but wonder a little bit, now that they're at this level, a championship caliber level, will the effort level for this team on a night-to-night basis feel as it was the last few years? I I don't think so. I I really don't. Um, You know, I think that you'll get... 
and, and I don't think that's a bad thing. You know, I think that that you'll get a sense of this team understanding what the what the the the, the grind is going to be in 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 April and May. Uh, they want to play deep into June, uh, so I think there will be a sense of pacing themselves. One thing about Brad that 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 I think gets underrated is, um, you know, the way he deals with players right now is much different than it was in 2013. That's one of the biggest things. If you talk to players in the locker room uh, or agents of, uh, of the players, you know, when, when he first came in, he wasn't very good at, at, at sort of dealing with NBA players. And, and it makes sense. I mean, he's a college coach. He's a little unsure of, uh, of, of, of the approach and things like that. Uh, so, so there was, uh, you know, some trepidation there in terms of how all that would, I think he's gotten more and more confident. I think, you know, he's a guy who talks to every coach that he can tries to get every bit of information. And I think that, 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 the way he deals with players uh, in terms of communication, in terms of them understanding what their role is, uh, that, that hasn't always been great uh, in the early part of, of, of his tenure with the Celtics. But I think if you talk to players now, you talk to uh, uh, agents who have had players in Boston, they'll say that, uh, uh, that uh, you know, he's much more of a straight shooter. He's much more confident in terms of how he deals with players. And I think that that's going to show in terms of how they approach this season. And, 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 and you know, do we need to go all out for a win uh, in, uh, in, in, in the depths of January, uh, you know, when we're thinking about playing in June? So, yeah, you know, I do think that, 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 that you do have to uh, um, take your foot off the gas a little bit as a coach uh, if, if, if you're trying to manage, uh, uh, you know, energy level and focus and things like that. And I think that that's something that uh, I'll, be, I'll be curious to see uh, if he if he does that. I, I would expect that he will. I would expect that he'll talk to a guy like uh, like a Steve Kerr uh, uh, over the course of this summer and and, and get some pointers on that uh, on, on on just in terms of how you manage uh, the day to day when you want to be playing in uh, uh, in early June. That's that that's something that, uh, uh, that 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 I would expect to see him uh, take seriously this year. Well, maybe it relates to that. I would think it would. The thing that everybody's wondering, obviously, Sean, is how do the Celtics stack up against the Warriors? Because these are the teams that most people project to meet in the NBA Finals, much as over the last several years it was just assumed it would be the Warriors and Cavaliers because of LeBron, and that always played out. Golden State obviously has the pedigree. It has the experience, upper echelon talent even more so. I think a lot of people would argue. But overall roster versus overall roster, how do you compare the two? Well, I, the Celtics have played well against the Warriors the last few years. Uh, you know, they've 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 done a good job. Uh, you could go all the way back to uh, uh, to when Brad Stevens was at uh, uh, was at Butler and, and Curry was at Davidson, uh, and and Brad Stevens, uh, you know, forced Steph Curry into one of his worst years as uh, uh, as uh, as a junior and uh, uh, at Day, uh, one of his worst games. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, that junior year. So uh, you know, Brad Stevens always has done a nice job in terms of taking Steph Curry out of the mix. Now, uh, the overall roster of the Warriors, of course, is much deeper than that. And, and and that's been the real trick in terms of uh, trying to uh, trying to defend them. But I think that, uh, and I thought this last year, even even without Hayward and and Irving, uh, that uh, that matchup wise, uh, 
the Celtics would have been a better matchup for for the Warriors than than Cleveland was. Uh, and I say that because you know if you're going to keep up with the Warriors, you need to do some of the things that they do. You need that versatility on the defensive end. You've got to be able to switch everything. Uh, you know you can't leave them with open shots. And and if you've got uh, you know a mobile big man like uh, like an Al Horford, uh, doesn't love going out and defending the three point line, but he can do it. Um, and and you know if you if you've got that, if you've got a guy like uh, uh, like a Jalen Brown with the length that he has and and, and the defensive intelligence that he has. Uh, you know, he, he'd be a pretty good matchup uh, against that Warriors team as well. So, you know, you can go through, and 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 there are things that the Celtics can do. They've got to be a better three-point shooting team, and and, and I think they will. Um, but uh, but but yeah, you know, I think that when you look at what the Warriors do and what the Celtics do, uh, I, I think the Celtics would be a pretty good matchup. I don't think that they could beat the Warriors in a seven-game series, but uh, uh, but I think it'll be much more interesting than than the finals we've seen the last two years. You need to get there. That's clear. Are yes. people who, I don't know, I fall in this category. I don't know if you do, but uh, I'm curious. Are we taking the East for granted? You know, will the Raptors and Sixers present more of a challenge to the Celtics than most are willing to admit? No, I, 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 I mean, I, I take it for granted. Yeah, I, I just think that uh, I, I'm not a big believer in, in Kawhi Leonard going in and, and single-handedly turning around that Raptors team and and making them, uh, you know, a team that can win in the playoffs. Uh, they've got a new coach. Um, you know, they they they, they exceeded uh, what their roster should have been last year. I don't know that they can do that again. Um, you know, and, and, and there's going to be a lot of other noise around that team that, uh, uh, again, it, it hasn't been the toughest team in terms of uh, between the years. You know, when you look at, uh, uh, when you look at Toronto and how they've, uh, uh, how they've performed, especially uh, obviously in the playoffs, but even before that, they're not a very tough team. Uh, and, and, and with a rookie coach and, and, and this new guy coming in, I, I just don't think that that's going to be an immediate success. Uh, so I think that uh, yeah I'm not a big believer in 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 Toronto as a as a real Finals contender and I, I just don't think the Sixers did enough you know I, I, if you have a healthy Embiid then that's great uh, if everybody else is healthy but I, I think they still needed that other piece uh, they certainly tried to get another piece uh, but they came away with what Wilson Chandler. Uh, and uh, somebody, Mike Muscala. Mm. Uh, and, uh, you know, that, I don't think that puts them over the top <laughs> there. So, uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I guess maybe I am taking it for granted, but I just look and I don't see a team that's nearly as good as the Celtics there. Well, not to mention, obviously, what they showed in the playoffs against the Celtics last year when they were pretty much fully healthy. Not everybody, like Fultz wasn't what most people expect Mark Hill Fultz is going to be, but still the Celtics were so severely undermanned. And Sixers, while there were close games, I'm not going to say they totally rolled over Mm -hmm. it was still a five-game set without Kyrie Irving without Gordon Hayward yeah I mean you would have expect the Sixers to have a couple of double-digit wins in there you know just 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 given um you know just given what uh uh, the fact that they had some home games and 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 that uh uh that they were uh in much better position in terms of their health and, and and their depth 
uh, and, and and really the Celtics were able to outplay them in the final two minutes of, of, of just about every game there, and that was really the difference. Uh, you know, that I think uh, uh, is not just luck. Obviously, there is a, a luck element there when you win, when you win close games like that. But uh, you know, I also think there was 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 much better coaching and and, and much more intelligent play uh, on part on the part of uh, uh, the players themselves. Much better execution. You think of some of those plays that Al Horford had late in some of those games, for instance. Uh, you know, I think the Celtics showed that they were a smarter team than than Philadelphia. I'm not sure that that changes uh, going into next year. Well, I'm Brett Brown still there so obviously you know starts at the top for better or worse one more quick break to tell you every neighborhood has a heartbeat a place that represents the cultural epicenter of the area at its core in boston's historic north end that place is boston barber and tattoo company boston barber and tattoo company has become home to a-list boston celebrities gordon hayward aaron baines milan lucic brad marchand boston barber and tattoo it's more than just boston's most well-known corner barber shop it's also a tourist attraction for the hundreds of thousands of people that visit the North End throughout the year. Boston Barber and Tattoo, a North End landmark that represents the cultural epicenter of the area at its core, located at 113 Salem Street. All right, let's get back to Sean. The league on the whole, Sean, over the last few weeks, we've been you know, getting different news as it relates to college and one-and-done rule or rule changes like the shot clock and when it resets and different things like that. And we can, you know, by all means, if you have thoughts on that, you can expand upon them. But one thing that I just found interesting, and this is, is the most recent, the league announced a rule change that players are going to be able to basically be more expressive on the court. They can wear sneakers of any color at any point during the year, which clearly is this is not a big deal as it relates to the game itself, but the game on a national global popularity type of way. It's another Mm -hmm. sign that the NBA just gets it while leagues like the NFL don't so clearly. I mean, finding guys for wearing pink sneakers at at the wrong time of the year in support of breast cancer research, that type of thing. I I just think this is this is another example of of Adam Silver showing just how good a job he's doing in this role as commissioner. Yeah, and and I, I mean, I when I first started doing this was about eighteen, nineteen years ago. Uh, and if you think back to then, and, and if, if folks don't remember, then I invite you to do, do, do some googling because uh, you know that's when David Stern came in with the dress code, and everybody was concerned about uh, these these tattoos that that players had, and 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 how they were presenting themselves, and and there was all sorts of cringing about uh, you know Allen Iverson being the face of the league after Michael Jordan retired, and and and, and is that something that's going to scare off fans? Um, so, so there was this whole dress code thing, and there was all this stuff uh, that was put in. Uh, and what's 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 been really good with Adam Silver uh, is that he's undone a lot of the things that David Stern did uh, in terms of that. Now, part of that, Adam Silver's been very, very lucky because he's walking into a league that has been sort of the LeBron league. And and when, however you feel about LeBron as a player, uh, he has really elevated the league in terms of uh, how the players uh, uh, interact with fans, how the players interact with the media. Um, you know, he has made the league a much more likable place. And guys like Dwayne Wade, uh, you know, have sort of followed suit. Um, so, uh, you know, I think in general, 
it's 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 been a little easier for Adam Silva, but certainly he's done he's done very well to uh, uh, to to be attuned to what players want and 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 how that relates to fans and and and, and how fans receive that sort of thing. Uh, that was not the case uh, if you go back uh, uh, you know fifteen twenty years, and 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 so it's nice to see Adam Silva in a position to undo a lot of those things that were done uh, during David Stern, David Stern's tenure. Before I let you go, we were talking a bit off the air. You've been working on some 2019 draft coverage because obviously never too early and the Celtics could conceivably have four first rounders, couple in the lottery even, depending on how all the ping pong balls bounce. I don't think that's realistic, but it is something that mathematically could come to fruition. What uh, what are you working on? What are some of the names we should know? You know, bring us up to speed here. Yeah, it, it is interesting because the Celtics, uh, I think they've got a pretty good shot at the Memphis pick, which would be uh, between 9 and 14. I think Memphis is going to try to make the They're not tanking. They're going to try to make the playoff. I don't think they'll quite get there. Uh, so you could imagine them winding up, you know, 11, 12, 13, uh, and the Celtics getting that pick. And then, of course, there's the Sacramento pick, which is protected for number one. I don't think Sacramento is going to be a very good team. So, yeah, certainly there's a chance that the Celtics come away with, with two lottery picks. Um, I think the big story about next year's draft is going to be the Duke guys, uh, the three guys. R.J. Barrett is, is, is probably the best player uh, uh, who, who will be available for the draft next year. We'll see if that uh, uh, if that plays out. Uh, but, you know, he's got uh, teammates in Zion Williamson uh, and, uh, and Cameron Reddish. Uh, who both need the ball. And, and so, you know, these are three potential top 10 picks, uh, and it's going to be really interesting to see uh, if they're able to, uh, to really make that work or if somebody winds up being the odd man out, if somebody slips in the, uh, in the, uh, in the draft because of it. So that, to me, is one interesting thing. Uh, and then, Adam, I, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but there might not be a Kentucky player drafted in the first <laughs> round. I don't know. that I, I can't remember the last time I've ever seen that. Uh, so that's, that's, that's certainly something that, uh, uh, that, uh, that, that bears watching. Also, some, some pretty good international guys to keep an eye on. Uh, Seiko Dumbuya, uh, who really made a name for himself uh, uh, at, uh, uh, back in February at the, uh, uh, at the Hoop Summit. Uh, you know he's going to be playing in France. If you're watching some international ball or, or keeping keeping track of the stats, uh, keep an eye on his team in France uh, because uh, uh, because he's a guy who has a potential to be a uh, a top ten pick as well. You know, it's funny. It's only just occurring to me, actually. I think the last time that I had you on the show was during March Madness, somewhere in the tournament. So we were still a little ways out from the draft, clearly. But one of the things that I asked you was, who do you think the Celtics should be targeting if they happen to have a a later pick? And we didn't know how the ping pong balls were going to bounce for them at that point, if maybe they'd wind up with a nice early pick. But uh, obviously that didn't happen. But the name that you mentioned, which really stuck with me and I agreed with because I loved the player, was Mo Wagner at Michigan. And as it turns out, I'm sitting there and I'm watching the draft and I was so pissed that uh, that he didn't fall to them. He went like two picks earlier, whatever it was, two, right. three picks to, earlier. To Lakers, yep. Right. And of course, you know, they wind up with Robert Williams and we'll see how he winds up fitting here. But I really do think Wagner's going to be a good pro. I think even more than that, I think he would have been a great fit with the C's. Yeah, exactly. Because they, you know, that that that, that stretch four role. Um, you know, Morris is obviously a pretty streaky guy, and you could have somebody who's a, a more reliable three-point shooter. I think, uh, uh, you know, I think that that's something that uh, uh, that the Celtics would like to have going forward. So, uh, yeah, he would have been a nice fit for them. Uh, I'm interested to see uh, what, what happens with Big Bob Williams. You know, obviously a very, <laughs> very talented guy, but uh, 
but <laughs> every issue that he had that uh, uh, that teams were worried about, it took him about a week to uh, <laughs> uh, to show every one of those red flags. All, all of them, uh, whether with with the with the injury, I, you know, laziness, funny, tardiness, to, I, everything. I know. I, I was talking to his agent, and he said, well, we got nowhere to go but up. So, <laughs> so that's, uh, uh, that's, that's a good way to look at it. <laughs> well, I think for now we, we have to call him, uh, you know, big don't call me Bob Williams because he made it quite yeah. clear he does not want – it's not Bob, it's just – just Robert. That's I don't know if maybe maybe there's a Rob in there, Robbie, but definitely not Bob. He does not seem to be a fan of that. He doesn't like Bob, no. <laughs> well, so there go all the what about Bob jokes. All right, well, uh, Sean Devney, I, I appreciate the time. As always, we'll do it again soon. All right, Adam, thanks for having me. Thanks again to Sean. Terrific stuff, as always. Always enjoy chatting with him, having him on the show, and I want to hear more from you guys. So, again, get me on Twitter, at Adam M. Kaufman. You can always find me there. I'm always up for a lively NBA debate with a special focus on the Celtics. I can't believe the season's so close. We're actually getting there, people. Episode 278 featuring Sean Devney from the Sporting News brought to you by RX Bar. My listeners get 25% off their first order by going to rxbar.com slash Celticsbeat. Thanks also to Boston Barber and Tattoo Company. So again, not just Sean, not just you. Thanks to Larry, to Nick, to Evan, to John, to everybody else at CLNS Media, but mostly you for listening because if you don't, we wouldn't have a show or we'd just be talking to, I don't know, space. Nobody. Nothingness. Then I'd just be wasting my time. I don't like to do that. I do like to watch the Celtics, and we're going to all get a chance to do that very, very soon. You know what? We should have a watch party. Something like that. Just thinking outside the box. What can I say? Gino inspires me. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon.